0: From Manhattan Associates, welcome to the Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry, learn how leaders from around the globe are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host today, James Canamash, and we're joined for the first time by Henri Saru, the Vice President for the EMEA region. And once again, I'm pleased to say we're joined by the Managing Director of Australia and New Zealand, Raghav Sibadar. Before we start today's episode, I'd like to give you all a quick reminder that we've adjusted our podcasts over the course of the year as a result of COVID-19. So as has been the case these last nine months, today's episode is being delivered from various home locations around the globe, as we all adhere to a variety of different work from home protocols. As we can all now fully appreciate after many months of remote working, hundreds of Zoom calls, thousands of Teams meetings, Home Wi-Fi connections can be a bit temperamental from time to time, so please forgive any small audio glitches. Now, I think it's worth noting that today's show is going to be slightly different to previous episodes. As the end of 2020 rapidly approaches, we thought that given the extraordinary start to this new decade, we'd take the opportunity to look at and discuss many of the amazing and ingenious ways individuals, brands, and Manhattan as a company has fronted up to the pandemic. Henri and Raghav, thanks so much for both joining us today. Henri, let's start with you. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the changes the EMEA team has had to adapt to in light of the COVID-19 restrictions and some of the best examples of teamwork and spirit that you've witnessed during 2020.
1: Yes. Um, yes. Good morning, uh, Jensen and Ragav. And, and um, uh, indeed, yeah, this has been, uh, you know, a, a shocking year with a lot of uh, adaptation. You know, I would like to start by saying I'm incredibly proud, uh, you know, of our teams and our ecosystem, you know, our, our customers and partners, because at the end of this year, we can say we have, Put in place, implemented, gone live. You know, in more sites, more projects than 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 ever before. In ext- you know, in incredible, incredible conditions. And just you know, to um, to set the scene, you know, for those conditions. I mean, here, uh, you know, compared to argav well, there's no summer. There's no restaurant. No bars open. Some. Some stores are even, you know, uh, still uh, still closed and um, still wrestling with the invisible enemy. We are we are kind of riding the second wave of the of the pandemic. Uh, hopefully, the, the the last. And uh, sorry to steal the, the surfing uh, metaphor from uh, my Australian uh, friend, but um, we have pretty good waves uh, here. Uh, you know, on the on the Atlantic as well. You know, the the, the first wave that hit us. Um, right uh, in the month of uh, March was uh, was a, a terrible, unexpected uh, shock um, from um, for, you know for, for all our customers and um, for all our, our teams. Uh, but we have seen uh, we've seen absolutely you know extraordinary uh, reaction uh, from that ecosystem, as uh, as I was saying. And, uh, you know, before even going into the details on that, I was, I was wondering, uh, you know, why um, the reactions from all, uh, you know, employees, customers, but, uh, you know, the industry, the essential industry, but even government, you know, you know, even, even Europe had been so, you know, in, in, in general way so, so positive. There is a. There is a man in the U.S. who has theorized that um, his name is uh, Enrico Quantarelli. He is a professor, uh, late professor at uh, Chicago University, and he was specialized in uh, in reaction to disasters. And, uh, and And he he concluded that shock situation actually made uh, uh, and created uh, uh, you know energy to uh, to foster the the, the best uh, behaviors you know from humanity. So. So I'm starting with this because I think this is really what, uh, really what we've uh, what we've seen, and uh, you know I'm very very positive about that.
0: That's certainly a, a very impressive achievement. That that comment that you make, Henri, about the number of go lives, which um, just shows that we're we're not just a, a, a company that provides technology to to our customers, but we we're, we're, we're a technology company at heart. And uh, as with all technology companies software and such it can be delivered from wherever you are obviously there are benefits to being um on site and, and with people but it's, it's great to see how how the company has adapted over these last nine months and and ragav i know that anz as a region is is broadly speaking returning to some sense of normality it's great i noticed over the last couple of weekends to see crowds at sports fixtures again the the rugby played by the wallaby wasn't quite so by the wallabies wasn't quite so impressive. But, um, but great to see those, those, those people back at, at sports venues. What positives have you and the, and the ANZ team taken away from this hugely challenging period?
2: Yeah, yeah. good morning, everyone, and, and good, to, good to talk to you all this morning. Um, and James, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a slight different um, environment here, right? I was, uh, I was at a cricket game with 31,000 people just on Tuesday in a single stadium, so so it's a quite unusual and, and something that maybe you know most people around the world would find it difficult to fathom. But uh, but it's not like we've uh, uh, we've not been through the, the the challenging times here as well. And and you know as Henri was mentioning, uh, you know we in our ecosystem here, and, and we find our customers, partners, our team have really pulled together and. Um, and, and come together for a for a real common cause, and, and that is to, you know, keep keep the businesses and commerce and well-being of our, you know, most vulnerable, uh, in mind, and, and everything moving along. So, so we've uh, you know from a team standpoint been in a situation where we've worked remotely as everyone else has, but uh, we've ensured that our key customers and key projects have been delivered and delivered on time. So uh, similar to uh, other regions here as well, we've uh, delivered some very successful projects. I'll give you one example where, uh, you know, a couple of our customers, mostly in, in grocery space, um, had put in some some programs in place while we were in the shutdown period here that we were able to support remotely and support uh, on very short notice. And this included, you know, putting together some, some care packages for the elderly very short notice that were deliver to their homes and for that they had put up uh, you know temporary distribution facilities where they had to put the solution in place um that from you know having one of the major retail operations go live with our omni channel solution uh, to deliver uh, you know the, the results that their company needed to respond to the e-commerce uh, um, challenges and in, in increase in that volume so all across the board i think um We've we've kind of seen a a good response from our team and overall from our customers and partners.
0: That's that's good to hear, Ragab. And how how did the cricket match go? Who are you watching?
2: Uh, we were watching the Twenty Twenty between Australia and India. Didn't go quite well in the favour that I wanted to, but
0: but it was a great match. Uh, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that people are are managing to get back into that old stadium, the SCG. So. I don't think that it's it's an understatement to say that supply chain technology and supply chain professionals have literally been lifesavers for billions of people around the globe during 2020. And never before have supply chains been more relevant to contemporary conversations and society than they are today. Henri, maybe you could give us some insight to the ingenious ways that Manhattan has been helping its customers to adapt to these challenges in interesting and maybe slightly asymmetric ways
1: well yes in fact the first thing we've had to do uh was to uh, let's say completely reinvent the way we were going to work and uh, collaborate with, with our customers uh because for most you know of this year this collaboration has been mostly uh mostly digital so we have uh, invested a lot of time we had the right tools uh, but we have to change a lot of things in our methodology, in, in, in the way that, you know, uh, meetings are run and, uh, and, uh, and trainings are run and agreements are reached, uh, you know, uh, digitally with, with, with customers. And they absolutely welcome this change as well to be able to continue uh, everything we had to do and, and to continue uh, and actually to do things that we had never done before such as supporting a sort of burst of activities in essential uh, branches of the economy, like you know, food retail uh, or, or, or health, uh, where the volume suddenly uh, peaked to volumes higher, never seen before, well above uh, you know, sort of pre-Christmas trading, in the in the in the middle of march and we had to put you know a task force to allow uh, you know all these products to flow in uh, you know to be uh, picked to be uh, shipped to be uh, replenished um, in the middle of uh, really um, a a, a crisis in um, a crisis in demand and um, this has been uh, conducted uh, across the board you know in all probably more than 100 10 grocery retail large organization that we support uh, you know without flows including the the youngest you know one that we had just put in production like sonai in Portugal so that was um, that was quite uh, impressive and then uh, some new needs new forms of um, customer service have emerged you know at the request, of our customers, we have seen the need uh, to deliver new services uh, for uh, e-commerce order to be uh, picked up at stores that were actually closed, uh, where uh, the customers could not come in to pick up their e commerce order, which might have been prepared by a distribution center or even within the store itself. Uh, but they just wanted to come and park their uh, car and uh, you know, have a, a very precise appointment and be met by a store associate and their, and their parcel. And for that, um, we have uh, understood the need, we have designed, we have developed, we have delivered, and we have implemented this new uh, curbside you know, uh, pickup functionality. Uh, for all our customers, you know on our cloud uh, omni channel solution in less than four months from the beginning of the idea to the to the delivery, I think that's one of the examples of uh, you know of agility where we're really uh, collaborating with customers and well supported by by technology uh, we, we were able to make a, to make a
0: difference that's that's very interesting, Henri. and I think one word there that you've mentioned really stands out for me. And that's that's agility, and and that's that's been the key, really, hasn't it, for for, for brands facing consumers and for companies like Manhattan supporting those customers. So that's that's, that's interesting to hear. Ragav, what about yourself? I'm guessing that there must be some pretty interesting anecdotes and insights to take from ANZ as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, James. Definitely, I think uh, uh, more of the same that Andre's has just uh, just mentioned. But I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, majority of our customer base here is uh, leveraging our warehouse solution, uh, but we do have our first uh, um, customer live with our omni-channel solution set, and and that entire project, a majority of it, uh, actually went through uh, during this year, and and. Uh, with all of the restrictions in place, it became quite a, quite a challenge to execute entirely remotely when we were going through our first major implementation of the solution set. But it was a very important project for our for our customer, and in fact, they wanted to fast track it uh, to to respond to the changing you know market and conditions due to the pandemic. Uh, what we saw that uh, once we went live uh, a few months ago. That uh, the results that they were trying to achieve in, in a full year, which was 10% reduction in their shipment cost, they actually achieved in the first month of going live. So real solid uh, results achieved uh, through, through concerted effort in, in, a, in a difficult kind of environment to deliver a project entirely uh, through remote interaction. Um, so that's one. In and you know, I'll give you one more where you know as, as we've all been talking about with the massive increase in in the e-commerce volumes, a number of our customers here uh, saw that. And um, w- one of our major retail customers uh, introduced uh, a second unit sortation system, which is a pretty complicated piece of automation into their warehouse just because they couldn't keep up with the demand with first unit sorters so they added a second one and this was again done at, at a very efficient and a in an agile ma- manner and supported by our team entirely remotely so you know all across the board there have been there have been a number of stories where uh you know our, our customers have kind of acted with agility and we've supported and responded with the same the same agility
0: great well that's that's also some very interesting points there Ragav, too And that leads us on nicely to to, to my next question to you both about e-commerce. We've all heard various statistics from various organizations about the acceleration of e-commerce and how that is leading to high streets struggling um, during the pandemic. But recent Manhattan and YouGov research that we conducted in the UK showed that, despite the challenges over the last nine months, almost 66% of British consumers are actually looking forward to heading back into stores if they have a positive online experience with brands. So that for me is very positive to hear. Henri, what advice would you have to retailers around the globe looking to rebound in 2021? So, you know,
1: I believe that the extreme, you know, growth uh, surge of uh, e-commerce that we have seen uh, is here to stay, I mean, largely continue to increase volumes, not at the same rate. So this is not going away with stores uh, reopening um, because people have, you know, modified a little bit their behavior and seen the benefit and so on. But the uh, experience in store is a fun and, 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 and humanly extremely, you know, satisfying one that, uh, that customers uh, will absolutely want to to find again. However, they will expect a store that's fully blended with the digital experience as well, where in fact they feel they are one customer, and they are you know as well known uh, when they walk into the store as when they walk into uh, you know the the, the website or, or or the app, and that uh, their wishes can be uh, you know fulfilled as easily by you know, associates who instantly know as much about their history as uh, as customer support um, people do, or or the you know the website intelligence does. And uh, I think that uh, to succeed uh, in their in their you know uh, brick and mortar sites, the um, the retailers will will have to make more digital investments. In fact, uh, you know, paradoxically, to uh, to blend the experience.
0: That's a that's a very good point, actually, Henri. I like that. That's a good takeaway that that the retailers need to consider this fully blended digital approach to to in store experiences. And and Ragav, if you had to highlight three key strategic areas of investment for retailers in the new year, what would those be?
2: Yeah, yeah, James. So um, you know, as as Henri mentioned, the the you know, consumers from all demographics who've had the exposure to e-commerce now, post-pandemic, uh, I, I agree with you, by the way, when you say that, you know, the studies here are also showing that people are really ready to go back into the store. And we're seeing in New Zealand and Australia that uh, footfall in stores is uh, increasing and people are uh, coming back into the stores. But these, these consumers now, having had, you know, exposure to the e-commerce side of things, uh, will be less patient with retailers who lack the real-time single view of inventory. I think that's going to become very critical for retailers in an area that we'd say they'll invest in to make sure that you know their store associates can now look up uh, stock levels across the network and be able to service the, uh, the customers walking in uh, at the same level of uh, efficiency and with the same level of information uh, as they had on the website. So i think that's one area we'll see um also i think this will uh, definitely go along with the thorn we were saying is that that experience and having that omni-channel experience for online and offline would be quite uh, would be quite critical in an area where uh, there'll be investment in the digital space um, i think another area where we are seeing uh, companies now look at here is how are they managing the reverse logistics or returns process because with the increased uh, online sales. There's also an increase in returns, and 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 that needs to be handled more efficiently. Uh, so so there there are a couple of areas we continue to see companies who are looking at you know the overall value chain and looking at alternative sources of supplies to increase resilience in the supply chain are also looking to uh, lo- looking to now reorganize their fulfillment strategy. From from DCs and and maybe even investing in uh, you know reevaluating the distribution network, uh, rethinking how they're fulfilling from DCs versus stores. So so that adjustments uh, are also happening, and and those are the ones which I think would be more transformational and see a larger piece of dollars going towards.
0: That's great, Raghav. So so we got we got three there, and then we got one one for free at the end there. So. The, the key takeaways there are, are are this real-time single view of customers and inventory omnichannel ex- experience is key uh, handling a more efficient returns process as a result of the boom of e-commerce and and that that last one last but not least reorganizing distribution networks um some some very very interesting points there that'd be interesting to to get you back on in the new year aga and see how some of those have developed more so to our last question, although 2020 will certainly be recorded as an annus horribilis, for those scholars out there, that means just a horrible year, um, for many, many reasons that we don't need to go into here, we have also seen some amazing feats of ingenuity from brands and incredible examples of human compassion throughout the course of the year. raghav maybe you would like to share a couple of examples of the most uplifting and positive things that you've witnessed from a brand perspective from a manhattan perspective and maybe also from from an individual personal perspective
2: yeah i think uh, james there, there are a number of stories and as you've said i, I think this is uh, this was a time where you know we really saw the best in many ways come out in not just individuals but but companies and um, I'd mentioned an example where you know a couple of leading grocery retail organisations and brands in Australia really went uh, above and beyond, uh, especially with what they did for you know the more more vulnerable in the society or the uh, elders uh, from a care standpoint for adopting you know an elderly to to uh, provide essential goods to them. So th- there've been you know a number of those positive stories that that we read about and that that come out and i think uh, overall i find just within manhattan as well i think that uh, overall spirit to come together to to remain socially connected while we're all you know physically separated has been quite amazing i've seen our teams not just uh, in country or in region but globally ha- have all really come together and you know, share stories, share, you know, personal stories, work stories, and, and it's just been great to be a part of all of that.
0: That's, that's really good to hear, Rago. There is an old adage, isn't there, that there is a silver lining to every cloud. And I think 2020 has been maybe one of the darkest clouds that any of us can remember. So, so to hear, hear those stories is, is always positive and always uplifting, which is, which is key to getting through 2020. And Henri, For you, I'm I'm sure you've also seen some amazing things across Amir. Can you tell us a little bit more? I I have seen incredible,
1: you know, unity and strength in in our teams. And I'm really thinking about our younger associates, uh, you know, young men and women. We had hired six months before, a year, even two years before, and they had not really had time to grow their roots in the in the network of the company as much, knowing as many people, and it has to be much harder for them to be uh, or to have been during certain months, you know, locked at home and, and, and delivering services with their team, without being being so connected, and uh, you know their 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 managers uh, went out of their ways to uh, you know get them uh, really get them motivated, get them connected. And, you know, we've had, you know, we've had no attrition. Everybody's been, you know, super busy. At the other end of the spectrum at home, you had, you know, families with kids, you know, sometimes in big cities, not so large, you know, apartments having to, you know, work, you know, all day long from, you know, their office or the kitchen and still, you know, very positive, you know, joyful and efficient. That... That I, you know, I found remarkable. Uh, but I notice how um, much better they feel now that during the second lockdown the schools are open <laughs> and they can they can work peacefully during the the school hours. And then um, I think also we have seen uh, more, uh, you know, genuine collaboration and recognition between between ourselves and customers. Uh, customers often you know, publicly sending, uh, you know, thank you messages for for the work we, we had done, you know, together, you know, go lives, um, you know, at Maniton, Sony Park Co-op or, or, you know, embarking into exciting uh, supply chain transformation technology project, like, uh, you know, the L'Oréal teams, uh, you know, communicating about this. And, um, and, and finally also, probably much more uh, blending of forces in our EMEA region, uh, you know, between my teams who were working a little bit more regionally before and now because of the, you know, exceptional needs uh, here and there, demand and what technology and working, uh, you know, digitally allows have been collaborating and you see uh, French people working in Austria and Germany, and uh, you know, uh, you know, British teams working in Russia, and and so on and so forth. So, so now feeling really like you know, a big region efficiently prioritizing, uh, you know, for for, for the customer uh, needs wherever they are. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a few of my uh, my silver linings, absolutely uh, there.
0: Well, those, those are excellent silver linings, aren't they? I think two words stood out for me there and speak to me personally, and that's collaboration and positivity. There's been so much collaboration this year. I've, I have personally have spent more face time with colleagues across the mere, in, in ANZ, across the pond in America, than I ever did in the first six months of of working for Manhattan, actually being in an office. So, so that is good. And, and positivity as well. That tells you a lot, I think, about about the people within our organisation and the culture within the organisation to maintain that positivity, even when it's been tough after after many, many months of working from kitchens and, and studies and living rooms and bedrooms and all sorts. Um, so so that, that's really positive note to, to finish on. So that's a wrap for today. And that also brings the Nucleus of Innovation podcast to a close for another year. I'd like to thank our guests Henri Saroux from Paris and Ragas Sybil from Sydney. And I'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in over the course of 2020. Hopefully you've enjoyed the selection of topics that we've discussed and you will join us again in the new year. If you'd like to take part in any future episodes or suggest any topics, do feel free to send us a direct message via Twitter with suggested topics. That Twitter handle you'll need is manhsocknews. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer, you can reach out to Henri, Ragav or myself directly on LinkedIn. So until next year, it's good day from Ragav. Good day, and it's a happy new year from Henri. Bonne fête de fin d'année. And last but not least, it's goodbye, and it's stay safe over the holidays from me. Thanks all for listening. We'll see you in twenty twenty one.